Hey guys, it's your favorite final boy and girl, Alex and Emily. Hey! Coming at you here in a new episode of Gag Me With a Knife, a weekly podcast where we dissect, disembowel, and shred the best and worst slasher movies. This is going to be a special episode that will not be following our normal structure because this is going to be a YouTube exclusive. So um, as our episodes generally focus on a single movie, sometimes a trilogy, today we will be ranking our top five most underrated slasher villains that totally deserve all the gagging. Emily and I are super excited to have a special guest with us today. Many of you will know him as Jay from Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon's Jay vs. Horror. Hey, Jay, thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. it's uh, I'm happy to be here. It's uh, always always a great time when I get to hook up with you guys. Hell yeah. So we each have our top five underrated slasher killers. And since Jay is our guest of honor, he'll be going first with his number five pick. Then Alex and I will follow suit. So what do you have for number five, Jay? Uh, let me just say before we begin that I took this very seriously. I, I do consider this to be a competition. And uh, <laughs> I know that both you guys are very skilled when it comes to 80s slashers so i assume that my uh a char- my character is up for assassination today if i don't uh <laughs> nail this so i i used all my trickery and my sorcery and my knowledge of horror movies to okay. kind of circumvent what i thought you guys might do and <laughs> the back end of my list is heavily loaded with films from the past two decades so I tried to go around you guys that way because I knew you would probably uh, kill me in the in the uh, section of just pure 80s slashers because you guys always come up with stuff that I've never heard of. And nobody ever does that to me but you guys, by the way. And uh, so, yeah, I am starting here at number five with Ray Sawyer, played by Rick Kramer from Venom, a 2005 slasher film. Has a great cast, Megan Good, Joshua, or uh, Jonathan Jackson, I believe. Not Joshua Jackson. Don't want to make that mistake. Uh, But, yeah, it's got several. Method Man is in it. It's got several stars from that era. And it's a fun slasher movie. It's basically a voodoo-inspired slasher movie. We have a woman who exercises demons from people, and she has a suitcase that she's carrying these demons around in because she's a voodoo uh, witch priest or whatever they call it, doctor or whatever, but... uh, so she has this suitcase full of demons that are represented as snakes, you know, and she ends up in this car accident. This guy who's a, you know, uh, tow truck operator tries to save her, and he's kind of like the local outcast. He tries to save this woman from going over the bridge. They go over together, and, of course, all the evil demonic souls go into this tow truck driver. And so now we got this guy walking around looking like a rotted corpse, dragging a chain and carrying a crowbar and taking out every teenager in town. <laughs> it's it's a fun movie. I mean, the you know, the problem with this movie was, and I think it's pretty much been admitted by the guys who produced this, this was an attempt to make a new slasher franchise, right? But where they failed was they got in right on that in that era of CGI where if you use cheap CGI, it didn't Mm -hmm. age well. Right. And so their film within three or four years, that CGI was terrible compared to what was, you know, being shown on like avatar and stuff, you know? So 
it it really failed the film effect wise i would say there's a lot of effects in this film that are just like man that's terrible because there are so many that do work there's really great like jump scares and uh you know he's an intimidating killer i thought it was a very good film so at number five i had ray sawyer played by rick kramer in venom 2005 some people call this character mr jangles so i think that's a really that's a great choice like yeah you 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 really did trip us up because yeah that that tripped us up totally and and this is also going to be great for me because you know i've seen the poster for venom all the time but around the 2005 you know that era what you said like the cgi effects made things look a little crappier than they might have been and this was also i believe like when dimension and miramax were doing all that weird stuff and so i think i don't know if dimension left miramax or miramax left dimension um in terms of the production companies but like that was a total cluster uh so this probably movie was like set up to fail to begin with but but you said uh jonathan jackson okay boom i'm sold i'm watching this because uh camp nowhere camp, camp nowhere. nowhere i'm obsessed with my mud from camp nowhere and then of course, and from the soap well, opera and Lucky Spencer from General Hospital. So we're where Jonathan Jackson stands. Oh, over we here. love him. Yes. <laughs> it has another guy in it that I like a lot who doesn't get much play. His name is DJ Catrona. He was in like the G.I. Joe movie and he's been in some terrible films, right? But he also played Seth Gecko on the Dust Till Dawn series, and I thought he did pretty good at that. He was actually picked to be Superman in the original Justice League movie that they play in. Army Hammer was playing Batman. And DJ Katrona was played. They they have like set photos of these guys together in Australia dressed as Batman and Superman and stuff. But the movie never came to be, and then they went on in a different direction. But yeah, they had a lot of. It's got a lot of young talent from that era in it. Bijou Phillips, I believe, was also in it. Yeah. So if, if only Andrew Keegan had been in it, that was. <laughs> yeah. No, he he did great as Seth. But Gecko. I love like, Bijou he, Phillips. He also. pulled off. He pulled off George Clooney's like whatever. You know, I thought he did a great Seth Gecko. Great bravado. Yeah. Okay, so I, I guess I go next. Um, yeah. My number five is Angela, and I don't know her last name, Alex, you might, but uh, Angela from Night of the Demons. Um, I do. Th- I, I know that it, she is a famous villain to uh, to people that are very into 80s horror movies, mm-hmm. but besides that, she's not, like, people don't really know her a lot as much as, I mean, I do, but, you know, beyond the people that are in the 80s stuff and she's a great villain she's a great villain in all three of them she's rue mcclanahan's niece so i mean she she kills the dance floor as we said um and she she has this uh especially in the second one where you she gets she has a little more humanity because her sister is in the movie Mm um she's just she's creepy but you have you like her i don't know there's something about her especially you know you see her at the beginning before she's possessed and she's she's <laughs> likable like and she cleans well she's cleans well she's super fun yeah <laughs> she yeah she's a lot of fun so and she start i mean she starts the whole thing you know like it, well if it wasn't for her lena quigley would never have that lipstick in her tit so yeah so Angela Franklin is her name. Is it Franklin? Um, okay. Yeah. I will say that people probably don't consider this more of an 80s because parts two and three were in the mid to late 90s. True. So facts. Yeah. Facts. That's probably it. Because, it, But it was a – the I mean, all three of them are The first one was solid. groundbreaking, though. You know? Oh, 100%. I mean, well, well oh, now oh, it is. At the time, oh. it probably wasn't. But Yeah, yeah. It was great. And, you know, the remake, which we won't really totally talk about because it was – Except for Eddie Furlong was in it, and I love him. But, but Angela Franklin, I think, is Shannon Elizabeth in that one, and she 
she's not she does not bring to the table what um what's her name Amanda Kincaid or yeah, we will not uh no but she's uh, not as likable we will not as speak of the, of the remake yeah. Amelia Kincaid I think Amelia thank you yeah so that's a great choice so Alex you're number five golf. All right, I've got one that's gonna just probably make everyone turn off the podcast for number five but I promise my <laughs> my, <laughs> my choices do get better but in my no they heart, don't but f off my my heart my choices are underrated people <laughs> okay so for, for number five I have get on with it. I have Roy Burns from Friday the 13th 5, A New Beginning. So, you know, he's a paramedic, and while being called on the scene to this halfway house for a murder, he discovers the victim is his son, which we don't really know their whole story. We don't know why he's placed in this halfway house, why he disassociated from his son, whatever. None but, of makes sense, but, I mean. but because of his murdered son, he kind of pulls a Pamela Voorhees almost goes on a murdering rampage of revenge and impersonates Jason. Um, he's, you know, he's got an arsenal of kill tactics. He's got road flares, knives, axes, garden shears, ropes, spears. I mean, he is literally killing every way you can. And I, I know a lot of people don't like this movie and I don't know if it's because they, they only don't like it. Cause it's not Jason, but, right, they, it, but they still yeah. like the first one. I was going to be like, I don't know if it was genuinely cause they hate the movie or if it's, they, they felt tricked and it wasn't really Jason, but he, I also think that the guy that played Tommy was like really boring. Well, he sucked. Yeah. But in the end, this is one of my favorites in the Friday, Friday franchise. And I think Roy deserves more love and quite possibly a Snickers bar. Uh, True. I also think that um, it's funny because I was thinking about putting, I mean, I wouldn't have, but I was thinking about putting Pamela Voorhees on here because she really is underrated. I mean, she started the whole franchise, but. Um, but no Jay, one cares about her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But Jay, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> personally, I hate Roy. <laughs> yes. Not because he's, I, you know, not because he's bad or anything or because I hate the movie, but I just don't like Roy because he's kind of a jackass he's a horrible <laughs> actor too i mean he's a jack he looks like lou ferrigno first off but <laughs> he's a jackass uh why i got a, i got you know like people ask me jay if you could have five minutes with anybody in horror i roy's on that list uh <laughs> like with vincent price and stuff because i got questions about why Let's his do kid... celebrity death match yeah huh that we should do celebrity death match bring it back yeah, I think they. I you know I think I read something where they are thinking about bringing it back. Well, they but. should bring you back and Roy. Yeah, <laughs> Roy. Yeah, I just want to ask him questions about like why is your kid in this juvenile detention center in a town where you live and nobody knows that he's your kid and you know what's going on here, Roy? You have a good job. What's going on with your kid? You know, you have a better job than most people do to take care of their kids. You and know? what's that scene that I think that you were the one that talked about it in our Friday the 13th special on the other podcast where you were like, the only reason they even like know it's him is because there's that like throwaway scene where they have to be like something where they like, you know, zoom in on his face or well, something. I mean, you know what just, I'm talking about? They did the best they could. Right. Because the, <laughs> the movie before this is called The Final Chapter. So when they, when Paramount says, hey, guess what, guys? We just cashed a $20 million check. Write another one. They're yeah. like, okay, so what do we do? So they go back to the original. They're like, we're going to do a whodunit like the original. And instead of Mrs. Voorhees, now we got Roy. Same situation. Somebody should have been watching the kid. Kid gets hurt. Now they're pissed, right? So they, they try to do that, but they don't want you to guess that it's Roy. 
So in their own mind, by doing by keeping Roy out of the story and only showing him with these insert shots every now and then, like he's got like two shots in the movie before you find out he's a killer. And, you know, but they don't realize that we're not stupid. And when you're watching the movie and they just turn the camera to Roy and they say, and Roy goes, did you say something to me? And yeah, like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. They're like, no, Roy, we didn't. We weren't talking to you at all. Oh, they okay, boss. They don't realize we're stupid. <laughs> right. I'm like, so they just, they literally put that shot at, they could not write a better line of dialogue than, is somebody talking to me? They couldn't <laughs> actually even make somebody talk to Roy. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Roy, mind your own business. He's the killer. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it's so, it's so, uh, but, you know, it's a fun movie. I like it. I think it's probably think one it's of the, yeah. the sleazier of the 80s. Oh, it's definitely uh, face the of movies. Here. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I like yeah. it. I, I like Roy, but it's I don't good, like it. I think it's a good pick, and I actually didn't hear you when you said that earlier, Alex. I, I, I think that's a, that's a good, it's a, it's something I wouldn't expect, but it makes sense. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Alex? He's on mute. <laughs> Oh, we lost him. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he was he was like going on and off of mute. I was going on. I was unmute when I was muting. Mute when I was unmuting. God has not been in a, a pandemic for a year and have to do this every day of my life. Um, so I think wow. yeah, this, th th while this wasn't the best, it did give a pause and allow them to then create. It made them zombie Jason create zombie Jason. Like right. it, it was the great segue. And at the end of the day, too, had this movie been released like in today's society. The killer, uh, the the father of the killer, or sorry, the father of the victim, would have not gone on a rampage. He probably just would have sued Snickers instead. Probably. <laughs> so anyway, so it, uh, Jay, on to number four. What you got for us? I think I would have watched the whole Roy thing un unravel on court TV. That would have been fun. To watch <laughs> oh my weeks. gosh, it would have been before the like before right. the Menendez. So good. So what's uh, your number four? At number four, I have a guy named Martin Bristol, played by Jay Cohen as an adult and played by David K. Guetta as a six-year-old. And is from a movie made in 2004 called Malevolence. And it's a great film. It's a little indie slasher film that's basically— I like a, that one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically— You told me to watch that, yeah. —80s slashers, and— uh, it starts out even with the classic misdirect that we've seen, you know, ever since Hitchcock did it in Psycho. We've seen it a million times. They do it here. Uh, they do it in Dust Till Dawn, even like where this one, there's a bank robbery set up and everything goes wrong with this bank robbery. And the criminals decide to hide out at this old farmhouse. But little do they know. Right. Of course, there is a guy here named Martin Bristol, who is the most perfectly purebred psychopath of all time. This dude cannot feel pain. He is physically, <laughs> medically unable to feel pain. So, uh, and they give a whole good explanation for how this all comes about. He's six years old. The psychopath kidnaps him and realizes that he can't feel pain. So he decides that, oh, well, this must be a sign from God or the devil or whoever, uh, <laughs> you know, that uh, I should make him the perfect version of myself. So that's what he does. He turns him into a you know, purebred Jason Voorhees. Uh, and it makes sense. I mean, because there's always the question with Michael and Jason before he becomes a zombie about, you know, where do they get this, you know, mythical ability to just walk through walls and get hit in the face by people who would knock most of us out, you know. 
And uh, so this one gives a little, you know, pretense to the situation and says, hey, well, you can throw that out the window because this guy can't feel any pain. And he's raised by a psychopath from the time he's six. So he's totally insane. And it's a perfect setup. And, uh, you know, the movie, I I don't know that it's aged great over the years, but I still like it a lot. And there's a couple sequels to this one. Uh, they actually got some money for the first sequel. It was actually a prequel, I guess, called Bereavement. And it had Alexandria Daddario in it and uh, a couple her. other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Savage, I think, was in it. Michael Bine. Uh, so, yeah, it had a decent cast. And, you know, you could tell just even the way it was shot was a, a massive upgrade. But the story was not, in my opinion, as good. And then, of course, they made another film a couple years later that was went back way back to low budget. And it's called... Uh, malevolence three killer they moved away from trying to even title it anything else and <sighs> it's part three now you know what i mean you know that's yeah. when they give up and they're like hey we need some cash uh part three was used to be the go-to 3d and now nobody nobody knows what to do with a part three anymore <laughs> right that is sad i wish you go back to that i mean i don't know how but i think malevolence was one of the ones that you told me to watch jay um for something or another and i hadn't seen it and i really liked it I liked it because uh, I like it when there are bad guys involved, and so, like, and then there's this killer, so you don't really know who to root for because they're bad, too, so. Well, that's, a, yeah, actually, me and Regina were just talking about that last night, and she was telling me, like, she she doesn't like movies like The Strangers, and I, we were talking about the, everybody that everybody that movie scares the hell out of me. Well, everybody was doing those top twenty-five lists, and she said one that she saw a lot that she didn't care for was The Strangers, and she said that uh, she doesn't like movies that make her feel anxious. And so when she likes the characters and they they put the characters in these really stressful situations, that makes her feel anxious. You know, like Home Invasion yeah. and stuff like that, or Rape Revenge. That kind of stuff is you know a little stomach churning. You know, Home Invasions are my worst. Like those are the things that scare that is, me. Yeah, Home Invasions are literally my biggest fear even though that cabin 28 movie like sucked balls uh it scared the shit out of me because it was based on that kitty murder thing oh yeah bye. but it's like you said i mean and they do this also in a film called texas chainsaw 3d from like 2012 with alex in like the amusement park the whole time or something. right where they make they make the killer kind of an anti-hero where That's the alex they're taken out too, right yeah that had yeah. Alex, yeah, Alexander Daddario, where the you know that way it's guilt free. You don't care if the if if the killer is killing bad guys, you don't have to worry about you know oh don't oh I hope they get away. You don't want them to get away. You want the killer to fuck them up, and that is a fun formula for a horror movie. Well, I think that's maybe what they were trying to do with, uh, especially like something like Friday the Thirteenth for a long time, because all these people were supposed to be like doing something bad, but then people were like, uh, having sex isn't like a reason to get murdered. So, um, and, then, and then feeling bad for the killer, you know, you know, a couple. I think what uh, Malevolence came out in two thousand four, Chainsaw three D was way later. But like, mm -hmm. you know, D Dexter the TV show, he's a killer killing killer. So like, who right. is really the villain? So like, there's been this. Or I mean, you can go back to like Hills Have Eyes and like Last House on the Left. Like, who's the real bad guy at the end? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I get. It. There's a lot. Like, yeah. It's and, and uh, some of these movies that we've talked about. Like, I think that you know, Malevolence, um, The Strangers, and uh, 
well, Friday or Friday part two, like one of the creepiest things to me, and this is also uh, linking to Town That Dreaded Sundown, these motherfuckers are all wearing these like sacks on their head. And those sackhead Jason terrifies Sackheads me. are scary. Sackhead scares me. Sackhead and the strangers scare me. Sackhead and the orphanage. Yes, and so I'm pretty sure. And so Jay did it again. This is another trilogy. You know, whenever you see free movies on Amazon Prime, whatever, you get kind of like, especially during the mid to early 2000s. You know, you get a little, you get a little hesitant. You know, in 2004 ish, and but if you're gonna recommend it, I'm gonna. I was like, oh, I want to watch this trilogy. So that's already now on another one that I have to watch. <laughs> I finally did that with Hatchet. But um, anyway, yeah. So anyways, I didn't like the first one, but I like the rest of them. Anyway, okay. So on to number. He he said it's number four. So my number four. I'm sure everyone will be completely shocked. Actually, you know what? People will probably think I would put it further down, further to the top. But um, my number four is Zach from Hide and Go Shriek. Woo! Um, And I just find him to be a really interesting character. and our episode about that is actually coming out next week. So I don't know when this is coming out, but anyway, um, because he's he's a, next he, week. <laughs> he's he's just a strange character because uh, he just wants to to make a home with this guy that he was in prison with, and. So he decides instead he's going to like, you know, go in this furniture shop where the guy works and dress up in the mannequin's clothes and then all the dead people's clothes and like run around. And I, I don't know. It's insane. And then all of a sudden he's in bondage. But um, I don't know. You kind of feel for him a little bit because near the end, he's just kind of like crying to this, you know, his ex-lover from prison. And he's just like, you made me do this. Well, I mean, that doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, uh, it's just he, he's a little heart wrenching. So, and Hide and Go Shriek is my favorite slasher, so, of course, he had to be in there. And I agree. I think it's a great underrated slasher villain, and... And I couldn't do it with Evil Laugh. I could, I, you know, the killer from well, Evil Laugh couldn't be on this, so... I, I had it originally, but it's basically Pamela Voorhees, just in a different sheep's clothing, yeah, so... Yeah. But, but for Zach, it, it is a little heart-wrenching, because... You know, he's telling his lover, you made me do this. But, like, in general, it's like society made him do this. Like, because this is in the 80s. And, like, um, you know, he he's clearly gay. And I don't know if he has any um, other identifications. We, we talk about the fact that he right. definitely has a bunch of other, like, uh, issues. And, like, so you yeah. just you, you feel for him. But he is also still killing all these people for no other. Like, he's why, what they did nothing to him. But that's a great choice. Jay, what about you? What do you think? Um, I think that Crimey a River of 80s slasher movies. Good guy, guys. <laughs> well, my, num- me. my number four is from 1988's <laughs> Cheerleader Camp, and it is Corey Foster. This is the only one I agreed with him on. That's so a lie. That is not a lie, but go on. Um, so, like, I mean, I'd hate to be shoved into a frumpy baggy alligator mascot costume all day, too. Just saying facts. I mean, um, cry- that's another crime a river. But anyway, she's constantly being teased that she's not a real cheerleader. She isn't constantly being teased. She's only being teased by Miss Titten. No. And- the no, other... Her- no, her, the, Whatever. The, the, hold on. Yeah. We're not getting... We already have an episode about this. She's Whatever. The other people are pushing her around. Mask. It's like there's like a class... There's class warfare going on here with Oh, just because she has to try to push food up her nose hole. 
all she's, these things. She's okay to kill sub, kill everybody. But three snaps her revenge, and none of that stops her thirst for vengeance. She stabs people in the head with shears. Great scene. Runs people over with vans. Uses a cleaver. Disembowels them with an axe. Strangles people with a foot core. It is like K I L L. Kill, 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 bitch. I love. And her. too bad she wasn't in Hey Dude. Too bad, but I love her. <laughs> uh, Jay, have you seen this? What do you think? Oh, yeah, the classic cheerleader camp. Yeah. Um, based have, you really on, not, have you seen it or not seen it? Based on the work from the Marquis de Sade about classism. Of course, I've seen this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I think guys, you I've seen it like once. I, I couldn't comment <laughs> on who was, who, you know, I remember like it was an 80s slasher movie that I saw one time on a double feature. I think well, Society was the first movie. That's what I remember about it. <laughs> that kind of wouldn't make sense. All I'm saying is that what's her, what's the main girl's name? Corey Foster? No, the main girl. The Allison? Yeah, Allison. She is nice to her the whole time. So she is. She does not yeah. deserve to be friends. That's why she's. The, that's why she lives and gets gets put in a mental institution. She didn't. She yeah, didn't get while, killed. while Corey's sitting there in slow mo, acting like she's living her dream as a cheerleader. Like, okay. No, but at the end of the day, I really do think this is like a psychological. No, she's a, thing. no I, I agree. I think it's yeah. good. I think it's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so Jay, um, I think we're on three. to you now for number three. Yeah. You know when. When it comes to the 80s, guys, there's so many camps and slumber parties, sleepaways. <laughs> we love them. We love them all. Yeah, it's like they start to run together for me a little bit sometimes. So, you know, you have to give the old guy a break. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, at number three, uh, and this is the last one I'm going to do like this. After this one, I'm coming back down to earth where, where you guys are at. I think you're going to like the last <laughs> I'm loving no, where I, you're at I now. like that you did this because I'm loving it. people are used to listening to us just, like, go on and on about whatever shit this is. But like, I stay gagged on all decades. I'm yes, just saying. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> at number three, I went with – now, I said that Malevolence was an indie film, but Malevolence looks like freaking <laughs> Forrest Gump compared to this movie. Uh, it's – called the orphan killer from 2011 and the killer is marcus miller the orphan killer he's got a nice little rhyme with his name isn't that cool i've never seen this movie it is a straight up halloween ripoff if halloween was just a straight up murder flick if halloween was good you mean we cut all the you know that bullshit that john carpenter (laughs) does with suspense cut all that out and just put like 10 gallons of fake blood in there and you've got the orphan killer listen it um, seems like i would like this movie then him and his sister they have a traumatic event i want to give it away if if you guys do get a chance to watch it like it, it is one that people have to seek out you know what i mean oh, that's why but, so we're we're going on the assumption of the of the myth of the mythos and this and the halloween mythos that it's brother sister yeah this is uh, okay this is the same like something traumatic happens to him and his sister when they're young and I don't want to give away because it's part of the plot to the movie later on. There is actually somewhat of a plot, but uh, so they get put in foster care and these nuns, it's so like ridiculous, <laughs> but these nuns take her and they're like, oh, she's sweet and innocent and, and beautiful. And they start beating the hell out of him and they start being mean to this kid and they put him in a closet and make him wear a funky like mask that looks like a horror mask and, you know. Just pretty much anything you could do to make somebody become a psychopathic killer. <laughs> That's what they do to this kid. And, uh, yeah, so... Well, I'm, Harry Potter suffered those things, and he became, you know, the savior of Hogwarts. 
don't yes. know anything about that. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Look, this, this is like, uh, I don't know how long later, 10 years later or something. Yeah. And for some reason, his sister is still at the same orphanage, although now she's a 19-year-old busty blonde on, hey. uh, who does some shower scenes in this. And uh, she's still hanging around the place for some reason. But, uh, yeah, Marcus Miller, the orphan killer, shows up to get revenge, basically, is what happens. And he cuts and slashes his way through priests and nuns and students and the cops that show up to respond to the calls. And finally corners his sister, and they have basically a Michael Myers and uh, Laurie Strode fight to the death. You know, but just covered in blood. Buckets and buckets of blood. It's a fun movie. I like it a lot. They made a sequel. Don't try to watch the sequel because it was just a cash grab thing. That that mm. director, uh, like, I was friends with him for a while after this came out, a few years after this came out, and he was, kept hitting me up for money. <laughs> like, just straight up hitting me up for Man, money. And is it University of Tennessee? Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like, not not like, sorry, uh, I mean. and not like a Kickstarter <laughs> or anything like that. Like, the dude was that would ask me for money, and I'd be like, I don't feel comfortable just giving you money for a project. Also, like you would without just any sitting yeah. there, like I mean, like. So, uh, but yeah, so they did put out a sequel, but the only way you can get it is if you buy it from the director. And uh, from oh, what I like, yeah, yeah, from what I've seen, it's it's pretty freaking bad, but. This one was good, and I'm going to give the dude props regardless of uh, the situation or whatever, but I like the movie a lot. The Orphan Killer from 2011, Marcus Miller, The Orphan Killer. So my first question, and maybe a lot of questions, you know, you know, One Two Freight is coming for you. Is there a Martin Miller Orphan Killer? Is there a song in the movie? Did they Or do they miss that opportunity? It's like a little – it's like a – yeah, the kids – okay, so – they they try to give us there's probably about four films worth in this one right because it goes it goes from it being like you know it's like the opening of Rob Zombie's Halloween we got to get the whole damn backstory oh, uh, hate a backstory right. hate a backstory get, yeah because that's what a supernatural Rob, get out of here. killer needs is a textbook background you know what I mean right. um, I mean for real like oh, bye. But anyway, they uh, yeah. So, but it, it's good, you know. Like I liked it. They, it's mostly done in flashbacks, real quick, with the younger stuff, and it's just like yeah. The the kids make fun of them. They're like Marcus Miller, blah blah blah, or whatever. And then when they when they <laughs> good years one. later, got a girl and couldn't keep her. Right. It was so stupid. Like like they, they there is no reason for they just don't like this kid when he shows up. Hit him where it hurts. Say his name. And they're like, uh, it was his destiny. He was written in this film to become a psychopathic killer, so there was no chance for him uh, other than that. But anyway, yeah, the orphan killer. As Gene Wilder says in Ian Frankenstein, destiny, no escaping, (laughs) not for me. (laughs) When you title something like the orphan killer, it's a weird thing because it it invokes a little extra sympathy than normal from people. That's (laughs) true. But then at the same time, you're like, uh, a breath of air because you're like, oh, I have a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the takeaway of the film. <laughs> He's not coming for me. Be glad you have a family, even if they're shit. Even if you um, don't want, even if you have to pound three bottles of Chardonnay every holiday. <laughs> I apologize now to all the orphans out there who are listening yeah. to. This sorry, podcast. orphans. I'm sorry. Yes. That sounded really, really not like not real. Sorry if you're an orphan. Uh, and. Yeah. Speaking of like, you know, orphans, I did just we can go back, but this is just want to plug this movie real quick. I just watched the movie. It's Indonesian. I believe it's called. Um, shoot, the Queen of Black Magic. It's sort of a remake, but not that just came right. out 
anyway, it's really good. It's supernatural around an orphanage. Anyway, anyway. So Emily, <laughs> what do you have for your number? Cool. Three? Um, can you tell that story again? Um, I will. But <laughs> my number three is Terry from Blood Rage. Um, and this is a movie I've only seen twice. Um, but I think the actor that played both Terry and Todd, they're twins. Um, I, I, you know what? He's, I actually just, I really think he's a really good actor. Honestly, I know that like he seems, uh-huh. ridiculous. I, I think he's ridiculous when he's, um, Terry, but I think he's supposed to be. And when he's Todd, he's, I think he's really good, but Besides all that, he has the, I mean, some of the best deaths I have ever seen in a horror movie are in this. And it is because of, and I can't remember his name right now. He did the uh, special effects for tons of stuff like Terminator 2. um, His name's Ed French or something like that. uh, He did the effects for this movie. And he has the, you know, the hand cut off with the beer in the hand. He has the, the woman who has her entire body cut in half. And it looks really cool. Like, it looks good. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like, it doesn't, I mean, I don't even really think it looks that fake. Like, I mean, I could believe it. I, I've never seen, like, a person cut in half, like, in real life. Well, maybe I have, but I watched some weird things. But, like, I don't think I have. So, I mean, it looked real to me. And I think that Wait, the what, way. What looked real? Her legs still kind of moving after she was cut in half? Yeah, well, and her, like, <laughs> guts spilling out and stuff. I, I'm and. <laughs> And like I don't know, no, I it think was a great thing. He's he's a really good bad guy. I mean, because he's he's so creepy, and he's such a like annoying teetotaler, like uh, mm. um, you know, sanctimonious like little bitch. And and he just, but, sorry, but he is. But like he, he's he, you want to hate him too because you're like you put your fucking like <sighs> twin in a psych ward for his whole life or something you did I know, and you're just like, sitting oops. up in here living in your mom's house who's insane and you're going it's so so because he's out you're gonna go and like not just murder people but like you know cut them in half and yeah like, it's like decapitate them and I, I i really like him i i think he's real. i think that actor is great i i love him and the character itself, like, because again, like he was, they were like, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years old at the beginning when he framed his brother for that murder. First of all, Blood Rage is a movie that everyone should be watching. And, um, but yeah, like, you know, when I was younger, I didn't have a twin. My brother was just two and a half years older than me. But like, you know, we would not close a bag of chips right. And we would blame the other person. We didn't. You should, stab always, you should always open them from the bottom because then you get all the good stuff. Like it. <laughs> just by the well, way, just that's just, cool. just that, okay. Life hack. Sorry. The bottoms are the best. Um, but then we would never fucking frame a motherfucker for opening up a bag of chips. <laughs> like like the character itself, Terry was and Todd, but mostly Terry all terry it's a very good underrated killer and i had never even heard of this movie until like a month or two ago so i think that's very valid and a a great underrated choice so what's your number three i have big ed cooper 
Big Ed Cooper from. I, for, I forgot I didn't want to ask. The Mutilator, which is oh, also. Oh, no, this as, one's okay. Okay. Which is also known as Fall Break. So, um, Big Ed Cooper, first of all, Fall Break or Mutilator, the best bop of all time. Fall it, Break? It is, no, good bop, but not yeah. a great movie. It's a great movie. Bye. Right. And um, so, Big Ed Cooper is overly consumed by years and years of anger and grief. At his son for accidentally killing his mom while he was, like, trying to clean his dad's rifles or something. And, like, oops, shot her in the face. I don't really remember. But either way. It like big, it, 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 it really reminds me of Pieces. But anyway, go ahead. Big Ed gets his son and friends at their hunting home for fall break. And the rampage is just, like, it begins. It's like, it's like, he is, it's like, we've heard, we, we've always heard of, um, a woman scorned, hell hath no fear, like a woman scorned, but Big Ed, oof, um, he is running people over with boats, he is drowning people, cutting people, stabbing people with machetes and pitchforks and fishing gas, like all these things, cutting legs off. Um, I mean, he essentially gets cut in half at the very end um, by this like car scene, but then his final energy, he cuts a leg off a cop. I mean, he's just in it, and I just think that nobody knows who Big Ed Cooper is. <laughs> it's it's a Varsity Blues Part 2. Bye. Okay, so Jay, what did you think about Blood Rage? Uh, I picked Terry from Blood Rage, and um, Alex's pick for the Mutilator. Well, I totally agree with you guys about Blood Rage when you say that that's a film that if you haven't seen it, if you haven't heard of it, you need to go watch it because I think blood rage would be like one of those more famous films. But what happened was if I'm not wrong, when that movie came out at the theater, they cut a tremendous amount of the effects mm -hmm. out of it. Always. And so it didn't get any love. It was just kind of, yeah. they cut it out and called it nightmare on something to shadow prop lane it off. or something yeah, like to that. Prop it off a nightmare on Elm street. And they cut like most of the gore out of it. So that, you know, the, the film suffered quite a bit uh, on its initial release. It took it a long time to catch a cult following. Well, uh, that's what most of the, that's like the reason that it's so awesome is because of the, the insane amount of gore and like special effects from like, I think that guy's name is Ed French, uh, something like that. It's also, I guess, you know, probably most famous for being the most well-known Thanksgiving horror film. If you're going to watch the Thanksgiving Besides mutilator. Is, <clears throat> yeah. I guess, fall break. But uh, yeah. And mutilator I've only seen a couple times. I can't comment a lot on that one, except for, I, I remember it being one of the better, you know, second tier slashers from that era. Well, yeah, I was, it, I was really disappointed. I, honestly, like I really wanted to love, mutilator and i was really excited when i got like i got an original vhs copy of it it's not in the uh, the covers on the greatest condition but I, it's like goes for a lot of money so i was like so excited to get it and uh i don't know it just it it had all the elements there and then it just cut it was just i don't yeah, know and, some, and mutil some, there was something Mutilator did not receive well when it first released, and it did develop a cult following. I but think it was because it, it came out like at the same time as something else. I think it's because something came out at the same time or something yeah. like that. And and speaking of Thanksgiving horror movies, now these aren't really slashers per se, but my favorite Thanksgiving slashers, one of them, there's the Thanksgiving movies, with, which uh, is... Bye. And then there's also Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Bye. I'm just, gonna, I'm just throwing them out there. Hey, you know, <laughs> throwing them out there. Yeah, they're yeah. garbage and Throw they're them away in the trash can. They're, they're garbage and they're incredible. 
Okay, so Jay, what's your number two? <laughs> okay, so for number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip my foot in the water here <gasps> and say uh, from 1981, Mikos Tananopoulos. Played by Big George Eastman in Absurd from 1981. I do I like Absurd. Yeah. I like this one a lot. Great gore in this movie, and great story behind the film. You know, they did Anthropothecus, and it got on the Video Nasties list. And so Joe Diamato said, "Hey George, let's do another one, because we got like a push." You know, back then they would say, "You can't." Is see Absurd the, movie, the so then... football one, the Super yeah. Bowl one? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was initially conceived as a sequel to Anthropothecus. And, Anthropothecus, yeah. And uh, so George came on board, but when, when he came on board, he read the script and he told Joe, he's like, I don't want to do this. This is like more of the same old stuff. He was like, let me rewrite the script. And Joe said, fine, I don't care. You know? <laughs> he's like, I don't care. And so yeah. uh, George is famously quoted as saying he wanted to do something that was good, something like the Americans were doing, something like Halloween mm -hmm. and basically mm -hmm. that's what he tried to pull off and I like it I like the killer though because this one like I said we have an explanation the killer here uh, regenerates and instead of Donald Pleasance chasing around Michael Myers we have a priest chasing around this monster and so the priest one of my favorite parts of this movie the priest is explaining to the cops what they're dealing with they're like he's like yeah this guy you know we were doing experiments on him and so he can regenerate and he's evil and uh, he's going to keep killing people, right? And so uh, the cops, instead of like, you know, because you know, I was a cop for a little while. My initial question is like, you know, what what the hell church do you come from, guy? Who are you experiment? Are you experiment on people like this? What the hell? Are you like, you're not a mad? Are you a mad scientist or are you a uh, a Catholic priest? What's going on here? You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, so they they just go right into okay, well, we got to catch this guy. And it's Super Bowl Sunday, so nobody in town is really paying attention to what's going on. They're all uh, concerned with the game, even though this movie was shot like on a Greek island and nobody speaks English and all the football stuff is stock footage. It's hilarious, right? But uh, yeah, and, and the big game starts, I guess, at like 9 o'clock at night because that's when they need to really kick off the horror element of the movie is nighttime where this guy can go around and stalk kids and stuff, so... But yeah, I really like it. You know, I like the fact that he regenerates, and I like the end too, man. This is a great last final shot in this film. It's a great one. Okay, so my number two is the Driller Killer, specifically from Slumber Party Massacre Two, mm -hmm. and I just want to go ahead and say, f all you haters of Slumber Party Massacre Two, because a guitar with a drill on the end of it is amazing, and I don't care that there's not a real death for like an hour of the movie. He's amazing. He has dance numbers. He looks like Andrew Dust Clay, which I guess probably isn't a good thing. <laughs> um, I mean, he's not the greatest guy. But yeah, that's my number two. Driller Killer, SPM, two. Not one, not three, two. He's my favorite Driller Killer of all three of the movies, to be honest. Um... I love his guitar. Obviously, same, but I mean, I mean his his guitar drill, uh, it's like uh, it's unmatched. And then his, I, I'm not usually like a leather aesthetic or like eyeliner type bad boy type person, but he gives off those vibes, which leather like the sex, yeah, well, 
leather daddy, but like in his twenties. I mean, you know, I mean, because he's super young, right? But I he's know. really cool. He's got. He's just he's a really. Not he's John a, Saxon, but he's not like old. <laughs> he's he's a badass. He's a badass. I love him. Good choice. Oh. What do you think, Jay? Uh, I like the movie. I mean, it's fun. It's not a great movie, but it's fun to watch. And I I like the music and stuff. I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, what's that movie with Johnny Depp, Cry Baby? Or, oh my God, Cry Baby! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. If it was, if it <sighs> came from somebody a little more twisted, like John Waters or something, right? John Except Waters. for that, it came from a woman, which is pretty cool. And yeah. I don't. I think that the people that like hate on it, I just don't think that they can. I don't know. I mean, you're watching a slasher movie. Like it's a fever dream movie. Like, as yeah, well. There's yeah. There's a lot like, going on here. This been belief. You know, I, I don't understand what the hate is for it. But I um, mean, here's the thing: if anybody can watch that and and see all these girls like dancing naked and throwing feathers and wine on each other, okay, okay, you already suspended, and they were in Friday the Thirteenth. So, but it's like you already suspended belief to watch that scene. How about you suspend it for the rest of the movie? Because girls don't do that. Bye. Yeah, I know. Crystal Bernard's not sitting up in here, uh, like <laughs> looking at dead birds and and being in a. I mean, like, whatever. Yeah, great choice. All right, so you're number two. All right, my number two, my number two, is from right. a movie called Bloodbeat, which and I've never seen. So, but I've heard it's terrible. So. It's terrible, but it's amazing. But it's considered it's a Christmas movie in Wisconsin. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but state? Huh? It's a no. It's it's Wisconsin. Oh, During I thought the, you meant it's only considered a Christmas movie in Wisconsin. I <laughs> know. <laughs> so in the Blood Beat, we have a giant samurai whose spirit, in like the wildest of nutshells, and not to overcomplicate this movie because <laughs> it's a supernatural slasher. So like seventy five percent of the movie makes zero sense, right? But this samurai spirit was conjured and, like, psychically linked to this female masturbation and multiple orgasms. It's just, like, while he is slashing, she is furiously masturbating. And it reminds me of a friend I have, but also reminds me <laughs> I'm not joking. She is disgusting. But it also reminds me of that movie with, like, Frankie Avalon where he has the flute. Do you know what I'm talking about? The no. flute that, like, brings... <laughs> it's really Sex stupid. Life. No, he he like it, when he plays the flute, it kills people. It's really stupid. Anyway, but yeah, seriously, she's having sex, and it's not just her masturbating. Like the masturbation scene, she finds the samurai sword and and like a suit of armor, like in her you know boyfriend's house in Wisconsin while she's there. God, my, this girl I know could be in that movie. That that's her like, life story. Like she's the in law. She finds this this suit of armor and like sword, and later on she's masturbating and like this like samurai spirit like appears and like starts killing people. And like every time that he thrusts the sword in, she arches her back and like under the covers, like her hands are in her self. And this is, this is a story that has happened that I've seen. <laughs> I'm not joking. So really. thank God that every time that we masturbate, we don't summon samurais that kill our loved ones, <laughs> I guess. Um, okay. So Jay, what do you think? <laughs> Have you, the, have you heard of this movie, Jay, or seen this movie? It's on Amazon, I think. It's on it? Tubi. It might be on Amazon or show. It's on Amazon. Well, I'm definitely rethinking my plans for the evening. I don't want anybody getting hurt. <laughs> uh, well, but... you know, uh, the girl isn't in your state, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't anyway. know if I should play it. She might be getting on a weefing. <clears throat> you all got to watch it. Uh, no, I have not seen this one. It sounds like a film 
that I saw, uh, but, but uh, in real life, no, never, never gonna hang out with her again. Emily, shh. There's a German Ari, film called Your Main. There's a German film called a German <laughs> film called Der Samurai, and it's about someone who that's what happens to them. They they get possessed by the spirit of an ancient samurai, and uh, yeah, they start killing people, but. It's, it's not the same thing at all. It doesn't sound like uh, there's no masturbation. In that <laughs> Probably film. better, but oh. I mean. <sighs> all right. Well, well, I ruined your old lies with my number two choice. But again, underrated. Who's ever heard of that? Um, uh, I have, and it's underrated because I would never watch it. But you, um, you'll watch it. Um, probably. So People are going to watch it now. People are going to go watch it. They're going to yeah. be like, I want to watch that masturbation. I want to watch the girl masturbate. And they're going to message me being like, who's that real girl? Yeah, I'm going to watch a girl masturbate and summon a Japanese samurai warrior in full armor who starts stabbing people. Like, get out of here. Okay, so now is where we do our number ones because yeah. Jay, as the guest of honor, gets to do his last. Okay, well, okay. And, and to be in alignment with one of Jay's earlier choices, my number one okay, is... Okay, well, from, I was next, but go ahead. No, I'm always number one. No, you were not. I was next, but... We did ahead. this before the calls earlier, Emily. It's... Girl, it, bye, whatever, go you ahead. You just can't... Yes, we did this earlier. We already had this conversation. Okay. You had vodka. So number one is... Oh, my God. Stage Fright, an Italian horror movie, and the killer is Irving Wallace. So, you know, the movie essentially follows a musical about this fictional mass murderer known as the Night Owl. Then then a cast member, like, hurts her ankle, gets taken to the hospital... And the hospital that's only closest is a, is a mental institute. Mental oh, hospital. it's wonderful. <laughs> um, but while they're in this mental hospital, they come across a man whose name is Irving Wallace. And he's been locked up. He was a previous actor who was um, locked up for going on a killing spree. So it's like fiction becomes reality or vice versa. So he escapes, whatever. But my, the thing, my whole point is, at the final, first of all, I didn't even preface this, or I shouldn't. Irving Wallace, he is walking around with a business suit with the giant, hugest, biggest, badassest, all these words are not literally, literarily, whatever. None of this is correct. Literally? He has a fucking giant owl mask on. Like, (laughs) it's like, it's like the size of a 36 inch pizza. I mean, it's huge. A huge owl mask on his head. And he is running around and he is climbing ropes, cutting people's heads off, chainsawing people, drilling people, stabbing people, all while wearing this gigantic fluffy mask. And at the very end of the movie, he compiles all his dead bodies on stage. And he sits in a chair. He turns on, like, you know, Vivaldi. I made that up, but something classical. <laughs> It's 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 like it's one of the it's 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 a famous classical number. He turns it on, sits there in a chair. This cat, you know, I guess all theaters have like cats, jumps <laughs> on his lap and he is stroking this cat while it's purring, and he's just sitting there. And like it's just iconic. Like, and if you haven't seen a slasher movie when this motherfucker has an owl mask on, your life is you gotta change it. So that's my number one. That's my number one. You've got to change your life. By the way, uh, you can go back and listen to these, and I was before you, but anyway. Um, my not, number... But not at the end. 
whatever. Okay, so my number one is David has. Okay, I I went against the rules because it kind of because I was doing eighty slashers, but I name David Hess in any role basically. Um, House at the Edge of the Park, Last House on the Left, as my number one slasher killer villain. I would go. I would go as far as to say that David Hess' character in horror movies is the best villain of all time, by far. I, I, I'll go that far. Mm. And he was, you know, his name's Krug in uh, Last House on the Left. That, you know, is precursor to Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street. And um, he's aw- he's awful, but he's still easy on the eyes, even though his nose is kind of big. But whatever, <laughs> I would still date him. And he is he is a true evil villain. And he does music, too. And I bet he's not like that in real life. So... That that's my pick, David Hess. Good choice. What do what do you think about those, Jay? Well, uh, starting with Alex's pick, Stage Fright. Love that movie, directed by Mikel Suave, who was a student of Fulci and Argento and Diamato. He was actually yes. in in the movie I was talking about, Absurd. He plays a, just a bit part as a motorcyclist. He's in the Demons in the beginning of the movie and. He was basically just a student of these guys and learned how to make these great Italian horror films. Uh, he also did another one later on called The Church, which was pretty good. I like that one. Yes. Uh, Wasn't Asia Argento in that one? Asia? Oh, yeah. Oh, Asia. Uh, yeah it's yeah. Asia. I was thinking of Alexandra Asia when well, you said She that. did a movie in Knoxville, <laughs> and she ended up like making out with three of my friends. So. Oh, no, you want you want them. to stay away from that. I'm just saying. I want to kiss her. Well, uh, you can, I don't know if you do. Oh. Not knowing who she's kissed, but go on. Aja. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean it was. Yeah. But she's def- she's a little nuts. That's for damn sure. Uh, she was yeah, uh, for damn sure. She uh, tried to pay off a guy that she had sex with who was underage and. She didn't have enough what? money. Yeah, she didn't yeah, have enough money she, to do Aja it. Argento? Yeah, yeah and she, crazy. she was, she was crazy. dating Anthony Bourdain when he committed suicide. Oh, and he had, Lord. What? He had agreed to pay this young guy off for her before all that happened and then committed suicide. So there's, like, a lot of weird stuff with Aja yeah. out there. But. Yeah. She's, oh, she's the no, weirdo. I had no idea. And I, I met her, like, for a second when she was in... She was making that movie... Um, XXX? The heart is the... Oh. The, it's the like steeple the above all things? Yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> okay, I was I flipping through it. the channels at my parents' house one time, and I was like, oh my god, is that Ian? My friend Ian. And I was like, do I really have to see him in Maryville? And he was like in a shot in the movie, and I was telling him that. I'm like, god damn it, I can't get away from you, Ian. Yeah, she directed that, right? Yes. That's right. So but anyway. Yeah, uh, right. Ooh. Stage fright. Anyway, yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, I like it a lot, and it's cool. Like it's it's a turning point, really. Stage fright is a turning point in Italian horror because stage fright takes a step to the left. It, it's a giallo, and I will argue with people who say it's not. It, it is. It does have. It is. Yeah. It has those classic elements, and that's where it comes from. It's definitely born from that, right? So, but it also takes a takes a step to the left and towards the American slasher. 
And mm-hmm. so it, it kind of changes the direction of where these films were going. I think it's interesting if you compare this one to another film that came out the same year, Opera from Argento. Yes. They're oh. both, uh, they both have like music as a character in the film almost. And yeah. They're very comparable, but you looked at Argento is still on that straight and narrow yellow path with the black gloved killer and, you know, mm-hmm. the same the same setup. But where, you know, so obviously says he wants to do something different. Let's use Al's head and it works. Great film. Yeah. And the way that it just looked, you know, it, Italian movies, the way they're filmed, it just looks like I they're love fucking, the way they look. It's like a glossy film. It's like te- it's Filter. like Technicolor, even yeah, after Technicolor. Yeah, it's always just the colors are just so vibrant and pretty, and it's just so well, amazing to see these movies. Even like you know, forty, thirty, forty years later, they're just they're just stunning. I mean, right from the beginning on this one, you can see that Suave is a student of film, right? You can see because like when yeah. the opening shot, it starts tracking the girl, and the music starts. And they don't tell you you're watching a play at first, right? Right. I was so shocked. And so that's an Argento thing. That looks like an Argento shot. Something yes, and that's why. I, yes. Oh. So you see all the tricks, you know, in the movie, and he perfects them into a, a really good formula in that movie. I had no idea that you said Suave. Uh, was that how you pronounce it? Suave. I don't know if it's Suave or Suave or. I had no idea he was like a protege or a student or even studied Argento or Fulci or Bava or any of them. Like I just, I just knew it was Italian, and I just, I just knew I loved it, and that makes sense to why this is my number one because Dario Argento is my number one of number ones of always, and Suspiria is my favorite of all time, and that made so much sense as to why. Freaking loved this movie so much. Oh, thank you, Jay. See, you thought we were going to be stepping on all these things. You have brought so freaking much like insight and and uh, enlightenment <laughs> to me tonight, and I love it. Um, and I'm sure well, we brought so much to him. Oh, I'm sure talking about a girl in a crocodile mask is really <laughs> changing Jay's life right now. <laughs> it's been interesting. <laughs> he's like, I'm. Not, I, I was like, he's never going to do this again. <laughs> It's been interesting. I was watching Saturday Night Live before this. This is See, a, exactly like, the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're on the we're on the road to to comedy fame. <laughs> we're the great comedy teams of all time. Yeah, well, you know what, Jay? When when Pearson we're when we're up there doing that, you 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 are totally invited anytime you want. <laughs> he's invited now, even when we're not there. He's always invited. <laughs> he's the one that has a he's the one that has a Patreon. Us. <laughs> I mean, come on now. All right, Emily, what you got for number two? Hey, uh, two. Number one. I said I number gonna, one already. I was gonna say uh, Emily. He, he uh, was the last one that did it. Alex. Yeah, Emily's pick was David Hess, and uh, oh, so right. David Hess. Just to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like you cheated, Emily. But uh, I know, I know, I know, I did. I, I did she? Know I did. She did see. I did, I did. She, but I uh, thought, I, no, I no, I know. But House at the Edge of the Park, I felt like went enough into slasher that I could add it. She pulled a John McClane on us. She had a gun taped to her back the whole time. Yeah, that's but it. I think Emily would Emily would probably hate me for this. Uh, well, I think I think that Garrett Dillahunt did a much better version in last. Uh, month, get get, get out of here! Go away. <laughs> also, okay, he could, he could stab me. I would let him. He's that hot. <laughs> All right. Hey, what, what you got? I got to stop you right there because Jay just is, did his number so one, funny. Alex. 
this is so funny, right? Uh, just last night, okay, so I, I'm I'm just a media addict, and I'll be honest with you guys. I watch I rewatch old sitcoms, I rewatch old television, I rewatch old horror movies. I constantly have at least one or two screens going. And one of the things I've been doing recently, the last couple of days, is rewatching Deadwood. And I started with season one and just played them one right after the next. And uh, I was watching season two, and Regina's like, that guy is so familiar. And I said, Garrett Delahunt? She goes, yeah. And I said, he was in last season. I was like, he played Jack in last season, and he plays Walcott in this season. He's two of the biggest villains in the entire show, and he's so different in both those roles that people don't even realize it's the same guy. You know? And I was like, he's an amazing actor, and he doesn't get enough credit. I loved him as the funny uh, dad on Raising Hope, too. He's very oh he's good. I mean, he can he's, do comedy. He's, he's great. Right. He's I've chilling. been watching Modern Family, so. Oh, oh yeah. You're welcome. And your number one, Jay, was, once again. My number one, I didn't do yet. Oh, I thought that. Okay, Alex, what was your okay? You're <laughs> thank welcome. you. I'm texting okay. Emily right now. She's like, here he is number sweet. one, and I'm like, I texted her and I said, what was Jay's number one? We keep going back and forth oh. and record, re-recording. I'm lost, and I'm not even drunk. And I was like, there's no I'm way. I'm not Jay's either. Okay, so Alex, give your number one, and then Jay. I gave my number one. He I'm already gave. You, you guys said both you didn't. already gave. You guys. He both said already... he didn't. You guys no. both already gave your number one, didn't it's you? It's Jay's turn, Emily. You oh, it's the owl. It's the owl. You know, I'm oh not God. wasted. You were acting like <laughs> whatever. You were. I, I just got out of work. You you were not. Okay, uh, whatever. Okay, Jay's number one. This is the most important one. Right now, I'm thinking about Sandra Bullock in Speed. <laughs> she was driving that bus. She couldn't and, stop. And, Ale- and Alex is Dennis Hopper. So. And, and everybody and was I, screaming and I'm behind Keanu Reeves. her. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right guys bye. so like what i had here i don't know if uh if there's any good way to wrap this up but what i had here is like let's be honest okay there, there's really only one number one uh and so i'm gonna knock that out real quick and that's just mrs Voorhees, betsy palmer a lot of people forget you know that she was the original killer and i like to go back and watch the original one in the man hand scenes where you, it's obviously not mrs Voorhees yes. committing crimes but like uh, I said earlier, I thought that was a like I thought that would be a really good pick because people are always that, thinking, you know, like when you did Roy and when you did Pan. That's that's a really good pick. But that one's a, that one's a little uh, that one's a little that's a gimme, right? That's like no, it's, I don't think it's a gimme. I at don't all. think so because I think people forget about her. People but forget about her because at the end of the day, except for like, in Scream. But I mean, listen, like listen, no, no, it's not that. It's because of Scream. He asked her, who's the killer in Friday oh, the 13th? Yeah. And she well, said, yeah. Jason. And he she is iterated yeah. because people forget Pamela Voorhees. But she was, right. it was a great thing. And, you know, I know Betsy Palmer wasn't thrilled with she the film at first. She was definitely not but thrilled by it. She became, a, she became a fan of the fans later on, which is a pretty cool story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I thought about that one. Throwing that out there. That's To me, that's like we're talking about animal attacks and somebody says Jaws. I mean, it's like that's the number one. Uh, I thought about Giggles because everyone knows I love Giggles. I love Doctor Doctor Giggles '92 with my. I just watched that for with the my first Holly. Time. Um, Holly, what's her name? Jay, you know it. The girl Charmed. from Charmed. Har- uh, Holly Marie Combs. Thank you. I love. Yes. When we were making this list, I was going to add Doctor Giggles, but I was like, I'm going to stick it into the '80s because I think Giggles was '92 ish. 
Um, but girl, I was wanting Dr. Giggles because that's underrated for sure. Yeah, I just watched that for the first time a couple of weeks ago, actually. Oh, my God. Which that's is true. making me want to watch The Dentist and Ice Cream Man. Oh, The Dentist with Corbin Burnson or whatever is Incredzies. So, yeah. yeah. Incredzies? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of like where I was at with my number one pick. But then I got to thinking, and I'm like, these guys are going to pick a bunch of obscure He's movies good. from the 80s. We really and didn't do that. He's going to twist it on us. And know. I'm like, I got to come up with something good here. And I, guys, this is a, for a lot of reasons. I am a slasher fan. Of course, I'm a horror movie fan. I'm also a football fan. And <gasps> so I went with uh, <gasps> the destroyer from 1988. Lyle Alzado, six foot four, 280 pounds of steroids this guy was insane, and the movie's not that bad. I just rewatched it recently. It's also got Anthony Perkins in it. He Wait, plays... what movie is this? The Destroyer oh, from okay. 1988. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so also has it... what? So it's basically the same setup as like uh, House Three, the horror show, or <laughs> uh, what's the other one, guys? Uh, Shocker, right? It's the same setup as that. We have an executed killer. Uh, except for in this film, he wasn't really executed. There was a power outage at the prison and a riot and a big misunderstanding. Everyone thought he was executed, but no. And now they are shooting a horror film inside the prison. Anthony Perkins is the director. And, of course, this guy comes out and starts killing people. He's killing off the actors. He's killing off the crew, security guards. And it's Lyle Alzado. He's insane. And you would think that, he, okay... He's not a great actor. He's not going to win. In the, I mean, I think he passed away, uh, God rest his soul, but because of his, he ended up getting brain cancer or something from his steroid use. I mean, it, he, it was heavily noted historically. His, his you know, it, oh, Lyle yeah. Alzado? Huh? Who, was it Lyle? Lyle Alzado, yeah. Lyle yeah. Alzado, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he's in an earnest, he's in an earnest movie, so I know him from Ernest. I like Ernest. Sorry, bye. Big, huge guy. I mean, looks like a an animal. He looks like a beast, right? Yes, he's bad. And uh, so he was perfect for this, and he could actually act a little bit. I'm not saying he, you know, he's not an award winning actor, but they had Anthony Perkins in the he movie to the kind job. of have a star. Well, I mean, yeah. neither was Jason Miller by the time Exorcist Three came around because he couldn't. He was like had wet brain, so. Well. I mean, sorry. I guess that was a downer. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Shit. Wow. Yeah. There. Well, he did. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I was gonna give an honorable mention to um, the killer in A Blade in the Dark. That's my honorable mention. Lamberto Bava. Yes, I love Lamberto Bava. I, yes. I, I actually, you know what? Like, I know that this is like blasphemy. But I prefer Lamberto over Mario. Um, I just think it's because of the period, uh, the the period in which he likes to set his movies is not my jam, right. and Mario. But Lamberto, like all of his stuff, I really like. And that killer um, in A Blade in the Dark is amazing. It's another you know, gender bender type of, you know. Thing. A Blade in the Dark was originally supposed to be like, they commissioned a mini that series. for TV. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. when they saw the first cut, they were like, what the, f the hell? Yeah, they were like, <laughs> but that's why it's so, it's so weirdly paced. It is a weirdly paced movie. Because each episode um, was going to end with a kill. 
Right. And, and then they were like, we can't put yeah. this on TV. Like, right. so they <laughs> we're had not to doing cut it all together. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, it, it was good though. It's good though, and I I like the uh, I like the uh, comparison of Hank Williams and Hank Williams Jr. to uh, Mario Bava and Lumberto Bava. It's kind of the same thing. They're doing they're both doing the same yeah. thing, but they're doing their own same thing, right? He's doing yeah. his own type thing. So lots of times you get that. Lumberto was a little bit better than Marvi, Mario. Oh, Emily, that's that's probably. I've, I've seen the other dude. Guys, in send He's your letters weird. to gag me with a knife, courtesy of. <laughs> so my honorable mention would probably be if I say the name Vincent Smith. Do you all know who that is? It's going to be one of those things where I say no and you go, well, you shouldn't because. Bye. His name is Farmer Vincent slash Pigface, and he's the main villain in Motel Hell. Oh, Oh, good one. Good one. Good. I mean, he's got a chainsaw, overalls, plaid shirt, wearing a pig's head. Underrated. I also think the older brother from Texas Chainsaw Massacre original is underrated. That's true. That's true. No one gives him enough credit because he is he's like great, especially he's, at the dinner table he's when he's like a, laughing and not yeah. laughing and laughing and not laughing. He does a really good job acting and doing and, and giving off the performance that he should. I well, agree. yeah, he's the best one at it. Like looking like he's like he's like, OK, I'm going to be normal, but like I can't be yeah. normal because I'm crazy. So I'm going to start r- randomly laughing. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, Leatherface gets the gets the claim to fame to be the villain in these movies. But at the end of the day. If you look at this, he's the hitchhiker a, he, and the older brother, at least in the first one, well, are far and, more. And the entire, uh, they're, they're far the more. Movies, well, they're more violent because Leatherface is just a basically a kid. And all the movies like, you know, in the entire franchise, Leatherface is a victim and a villain in everything you think of. Basically, he's just the face. But he's not always the villain. So no, I don't think he is either. There's other villains. I don't think he, he is in the first one, honestly. That's what I'm saying. You pointed it out, like. There's other he, villains, underrated villains that aren't. People think Texas Chainsaw, boom, instantly Leatherface. Well, no, I get it. He, no, he was taught to be that way. But there's other villains in the movie and underrated ones. As what happens what you, is when when someone like Sandra Bullock gets a hold of somebody like this, <laughs> they become the blind side, right? They be, they play left tackle in the NFL. Or if but Reese, when or Jim Seidel gets a hold of this every guy. single bit of Gatorade I just drank. <laughs> or if Reese Witherspoon got a hold of this, then let's the, let's get a it'd be, Hulu. Le- it'd be legally blonde. Let's I mean, get like, let's what? get. No, let's get Hulu or HBO because Reese Witherspoon is making critically acclaimed and Emmy award-winning HBO and Hulu shows now. So she would transform this into something else as well, like so Sandra Bullock. Do, do you have a honorable mention besides anything else? Uh, that's that's what I was yeah. Okay. So, that's saying there. Sandra though, Bullock like, is his honorable. Sandra you know, Bullock is if, his honorable if, mention. No, like if Leatherface. From the blind side. If Leatherface <laughs> ran into Sandra Bullock. He would have turned. He would have been the blind side, right? That's what he would have been. Oh my been. god, I'm dying. He's got that kind of, That's what. But because he ended up with these inbred cannibals, he became a really great inbred cannibal. So, oh my god. You know, that's how life works. Some people run into Sandra Some Bullock. Some people run into Sandra Bullock. Some people don't. Life changes <laughs> you, or you change life. Yeah, such a great, inspiring story. The Blind Side, by the way, I oh, love that movie. Oh, it's fantastic! It is. Oh yeah, fantastic. because obviously those white people were not taking advantage of that six foot seven black guy, 
in any way when they got him to go play for their hometown college. Uh, none of that, <laughs> you know. Sandra Bullock really didn't help. It's just a great feel-good story, though, all the way around. I have my questions about the blindside lady. And then, you know, because also <laughs> the guy from that has come out since then and said stuff about how well, he's by their yeah. family. Yeah, and and this is a this is a little IMDb trivia for me and Emily. You know, Philip Fulmer was in the Blind Side. He was a coach. He was a he was he was a coach. Don't even get me started. I'm just saying he was a coach of the UT Vols for years, and we, we were, were friends with his daughter. And no, she we, we, we to, She wore socks with sandals. I'm not even okay. I was just gonna say three things. There was no subjectivity. It was literally. Philip Fulmer lived down the road from both of us. And he knew us, and he would never remember our names, and it was rude. He knew my name, and... He we did went... never know mine, but... Okay, bye, sorry. And But we went to his house for prom, is all I was trying to say. No, I didn't <laughs> go there that year. Oh, sorry. I mean... Did you guys uh, have... I mean, I'm sure you guys thought of this. How about Dan Hicks as Bill Robertson Intruder from 89? Oh, love, Intruder. love, love, Intruder love. Is- a huge that was like a, a a two or three or down it was it was almost made the list hated it the first time i saw it same same second time loved it and because the thing is i don't really like sam raimi i'm sorry guys bah. i don't really like bruce campbell i'm sorry guys bah. but like they didn't do that movie though but they were you know they made cameos and i think that they were great in their cameos, and I love that movie. And we did uh, talk about that on uh, Jay's wife's. Yep. Uh, her name is Regina. She's not just Jay's wife. She, her name is Regina. <laughs> and um, we did do a review over on uh, the intru- uh, on intruder. That was a, that was a her, great episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I awesome. listened to it. I remember that episode. Yeah. The intruder is a great one. Mm. You and Regina. That was why I watched the movie. I'd never heard of it till you all. Like I never heard of it. Oh, it's so, great! It's yeah. great. It's got every. It's got like everything that I would like about Sam Raimi, and then nothing that I hate about Sam Raimi. If that makes sense. It's got Renee Estevez. That's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's not in it that much, though. What it is funny though. She's so. Um, and how about uh, Simon Sodomore as Marty Ranson from Slaughter High? Oh, I, you know, he was oh. almost he was almost on my list. Emily uh, sent me a picture and she given me a top five and she wrote Marty and crossed it out like huh. like that. I only did because I put David Hess instead. Yeah, she put David Hess as number one. That was going to be hit. So Marty is a great. And no, great he wasn't going to be. No, he wasn't going to be number one. Well, I just I, I hadn't. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what he was going to be, but. I mean, he was literally between two and one and you crossed him out and put. OK, him. I put the numbers later out. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> you can't. All right. I don't know this. <laughs> well, hey, okay. So we're going to end this. And um, <laughs> Jay, why don't you tell our listeners about like everything that you do? Because I think it's really important. I think what you do is really, really awesome. Um, for one, I'm just going to go ahead and say that you're like the biggest supporter of other people's stuff and you're amazing. Oh my and God, yes. you have helped me personally and Alex so much and I like I can't say enough good things about you but I want to you to plug your stuff now <laughs> I refuse <laughs> no uh, look I I like horror movies if you like horror movies you might like what I do it's J versus horror on YouTube 
check it out. I just talk about whatever the hell I feel like talking about. A couple times a week, I'll do something that I usually do. Maybe I'll talk about some free movies you can watch on Tubi TV. Or I'll talk about, you know, a specific year. I'll do a top ten from a specific year. Or some mornings I just wake up and whatever, you know, I take the, the dog out for a walk and whatever goes into my head, I think, you know, I want to share this with people and other horror fans. So, yeah, I'll get on there and, and try to knock something out and talk to people. And I always want to hear everybody else's response. That's, you know, like part of what I'm in it for because I – I said last night, I was doing a live last night, and I said, guys, you know, like, at this point, what do you think I'm in it for? I've seen it. I've seen all this stuff. You know, it's only enjoyable, enjoyable to me now to know that other people are watching it and to enjoy it, like, as a community, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Check us out if you like horror. Uh, if you don't like horror, I don't know why you're listening to this, especially. This <laughs> and seriously, do Patreon with him. It, like, you only have to pay, like, $2 a month. I mean, you can pay more, but it's worth it. He has stuff every day. It's not BS. I mean, it's like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, the, and con the content. The content is great. The, you know, uh, the, the POV situation, everything. The content it's is great, minus maybe this one, but. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing him down uh, <laughs> with this because of we're we talking about oh. some really trashy slasher. They're underrated for a okay, reason. I don't I think guess, it was to right? talk about trashy slashers. I think it's the They're underrated. The fact that we had to talk about underrated from like 40 years ago, the fact that they're they're still underrated. Oh, well, I was just saying like we were the bad ones, not them, but anyway. <laughs> no, but Jay's incredible. Everybody should follow Jay. And like if you're listening just for us as Gag Me With A Knife, know that Jay discusses all horror. And while we focus on 70s, 80s right now at this time. 80s. Maybe. Yeah, Jay, Jay is everywhere. He's all horror all decades he is all encompassing he is the sandra bullock of horror he is the blind side of <laughs> he horror. is the blind side of you horror. just start using that jay um <laughs> i'm gonna make you buttons that just say the blind side of horror jay versus uh, horror <laughs> I, i'll be honest like I, the way i tell people when, when they ask me like you know i've had people like what's your specialty or this or that and i say look i consider myself to be like the dr sam beckett of horror okay if it happened within my lifetime, I'm aware of it. If it happened before that, I'm not responsible for that knowledge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love I love the universal stuff. I love the hammer horror. But if we're going to like a quiz show or something, I'm passing that off to somebody else I know who knows more about that than I do. That's if what happened, I do with geography. But um <laughs> if it happens from 1980 till you know sometime yesterday afternoon, I'll take a crack at it. And if I can't get it, I know I can call you guys. So yeah. Hey, well, thank a, you, Jay. We're, we're, yeah, we're a lifeline. We appreciate being that lifeline for you for the 80s yeah. slashers. And, and that's what I'm hey, doing. Hey, by the way, in realize. 70s soft rock, if you ever need any information on 70s soft rock, um, I, I, man, out, you can go to us. I have a record store down the road that call the the guy that works there calls me when he wants to know the name of or the artist of some seventy soft rock song. So there's two things you can you can find out with us. Hey, you know, all I'm really doing is building my who wants to be a, a millionaire lifeline resume. Oh my you god, know? you I really are. Podcasters so, are the best. Eighty slashers people, you know? and seventy soft rock. We got right. you. I got a guy for everything. I got a guy for James <laughs> Bond. I got you know. So whatever they and ask I, me. And 
I surprisingly know a lot about mushrooms, if that's ever a question. What the fuck, Alex? <laughs> and mods. Someone just asked me on she, YouTube why you know so much about the Bible, by the way. It, uh, who, me or you? You. I don't, like, I know anything about Because it. I helped my friend get a degree in theological studies, and I was like a young... You took her test, didn't you? What? You took, you took, yes, okay. I was with, I helped my friend get a degree when I was uh, in 2007 and eight, nine. I, got, I helped my friend get his degree in theological studies. I don't know why this biblical stuff comes in. But I will say, though, J2, for your, um, who wants to be a millionaire, if you ever have questions about <laughs> geometric, geometric day or pyramid a moths. Oh, I, or anything I, about, uh, I know psychology? about, I know about their reproductive patterns in different seasons of the year in the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> I know, yes, and I know um, psychology and school counseling and all different theories of counseling, if you ever need that. I've already which, de decided. Which it doesn't gonna... sound like, it does not sound like I have any any place in, <laughs> in telling anyone anything about psychology, so, but, yeah. <laughs> so, hope you had fun. Hope this wasn't a total Yeah, show. I hope you had fun, Jane. You, uh... We love you on this show, and I will just say for everybody listening, stay gagged on giant fucking owl heads. Stay gagged on, um, damn it. Uh, stay gagged on a d guitar with a drill on the end. <laughs> what about you, Jay? What do you want to say gagged on? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll go with. Uh, man, you guys put me on the spot. I forgot we were gonna. That's, that's yeah, how I, I always know I, that. But... I always end up. I always surprise Emily when I'm saying "stay gagged." Gag you with a lipstick that comes out of your tit. I, I'll, I'll say. Uh, what was the? Uh, hold on a second. Stay, stay gagged on. Uh, Gave me with a knife. Stay oh, hey. oh, you know what? Thank you. I was going to say stay gag on Jay versus horror at the very end of this. Oh, my I, hate, God. I, God. I hate you oh, for stealing my thunder. So stay gag. We're going to gag ourselves with ourselves. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best way. I mean, it, it, I mean yeah, I guess if you could reach. Um, no safe say, words. No, <laughs> no safe words. I have no safe words. Stay gagged on Jay versus horror because he rules. 100%. And he'll kick you out. He he will kick you <laughs> out if you are ridiculous. If and you're a bad human being. If you're a bad human being, you're out. I screeched when I said that just now. I'm sorry. But, like, yes, Jay is amazing. We loved him on our show. This is, like, one of the best episodes I've recorded. I've had so much fun. And Me thank too. You. I hope that Jay is, like, not all, not getting I off this. Jay like, oh, this. my God, what just happened? He's I am in hell. <laughs> hey, I... Every one of these, every one of these, I do with every person that I've ever done one with. They're all different and they're all fun, and uh, I love talking to you guys. I mean, I know you. What's fun about it for me is like you guys have a specialty and you know a lot about that specialty. And so I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I know a lot about horror movies, but I kind of can like tiptoe around what you guys know and and jump in here and there. But it's fun to uh, get your perspective on it because I I tell people all the time I'm like these two guys. Uh, nobody ever gets me because people will say, have you seen this? I'll be like, yeah. And I'll tell them the whole thing. And they're like, I didn't even know that. But, uh, 
sometimes, you know, very rarely does anybody ever say, hey, have you seen this one? And I'm like, I have never even heard of that. You know what I mean? And you guys have gotten me a couple times. Evil Laugh was one where, and then I watched it. I was like, you know, it it actually did. It's a precursor to Scream. I kind of enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. And it had some, okay, like the scene with the guy's head in the microwave. That's the movie, right? Oh, yeah, with Scott Baio's brother's head in the yeah, microwave. Yeah, Scott Baio's brother's head in the microwave. It's so funny because he says, doesn't he say, like, the microwave won't work? He, you know, he tells him. He goes, it's not going to work if the door didn't close. <laughs> like, he's telling them how to kill him. But, yeah. <laughs> it was a great, it was a great. And you know what I liked about that movie, too? There was another scene in it where um, they heard the evil laugh, right? And the guy says, did you hear that? And the guy goes, yeah. And he goes, some other guy says, well, it's probably just this. And that guy goes, bullshit. <laughs> He's and, like, they no. ne- and they never know where this other guy is. He's just been gone forever. And they're like, right. oh, he's probably doing like one of 75 things. And it's like, no, he's not. No, he's no, not. No. But anyway, I, okay. Sorry for taking up so much of your time, Jay. I know you're very fine. busy. Oh, yeah. But well, we know, really so enjoyed you having. Oh, uh, my God. We really. I can't talk. We really enjoyed having you on because you're awesome. I hope that you were okay with this, uh, <laughs> with what we do. Um, <laughs> Thank you for being here, Jay. Like, again, you are a huge voice in the horror community on multiple platforms. And it's very awesome that you had some, some time for us. No, we are honored. We now, are honored. Okay? I, I've gone from I'm gone from getting charged up from it to to, to now. You guys are making me sick, so we got to get up. Oh my <laughs> God, he's gonna vote. He's gonna run for president. <laughs> we're gagging. We're gagging on being gagged. We're gagging on J, on right. MJ, but not in a weird way. <laughs> and that's a that's the best. The <laughs> that's the best segue to end this. Yeah. So everybody, thank you for listening. Tune Did in. Did you next just say time. thank me for listening? Thank y'all for listening. Oh, um, and tune in next time when we have more specials and more episodes and, and, and stay gagged. Go follow Jay everywhere. Not in real life because that's stalkering. It's stalkering. That's, that's stalking. But follow him on his stuff. Jay versus horror.